Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is the Biomass Podcast, uh, episode number 78. Uh, my name is Awa Bate. I am joined by um, my co-host, Soraya Zell. And uh, we don't have a lot to talk about tonight, but we're going to uh, try and and uh, and keep get some. Keep this one going. Keep this it, one going. Keep it flowing. Throw some, throw some stuff at the wall. See what sticks. All right. Uh, so that's the plan. Um, hopefully it's uh, mildly entertaining for the two people who listen. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass the, uh, I'm going to let uh, our CPM introduce himself. I'm CPM Automati. Uh, I've been playing the game since 2012, been playing EVE Online since 2006, and just recently joined CPM2 by election. Uh, Zell? I'm Sarai Zell. I um, was a, uh, I was on the CPM1. I'm a co-host here on the show who tries to uh, avoid doing introductions at any cost to the point that I put someone who isn't a host to start off the show. And uh, I also write stuff on the blog. And Jadek. I am Jadek Menaheim, uh, manager of the Trello Trade Forums and chat channel, and uh, tinker with Mechanics of Dust. Okay, thank you. And of course, I'm Awa Bate. I'm a member of the Incorruptibles uh, Corporation and a writer uh, for the Biomass blog. Um, to start off the show, we're going to uh, pester our CPM, uh, be Aeon, for uh, his uh, CPM update. So, Aeon, what's uh, what's going on in the world of Dust right now? Uh, well, I guess the most prominent thing is that a whole battle of Akadagi thing that went down. I'm not sure if you guys know about that. Dust matters. <laughs> I, I did hear about it vaguely. It was... Um... Was it a, a faction warfare battle where Dust actually played a part, I think? What? Yes. Um, it was actually very heavily orchestrated by the EVE Online guys. And uh, I actually went and got a hold of the writer for factionwarfare.com, who was the orchestrator of that whole event, and kind of got the whole take on it. And basically, um, actually learned quite a bit about the whole faction warfare system and all the pros and cons of it as it is. So, um been talking with some of the CSM guys and the faction warfare gurus and tacticians and trying to figure out what the hell we can do to actually make it matter a bit more. I mean, uh, that one video, for some fucking reason, after three years of trying, sparked the interest of uh, some of the EVE guys, the devs, EDC. So, uh, I, I didn't hear anything about this. Um, what uh, What happened? Okay, so the Battle of Akadagi, um, if I'm getting my story straight, I don't know for a fact because, you know, it wasn't there on either side of it. But um, what had happened is the Galente and the Kaldari were duking it out. And uh, at some point, there were, they were the iHub, which is what you have to take in order to control the system for either side, was vulnerable. And they're, you know, duking it out. And then apparently the dusters flipped the district and suddenly the iHub iHub went invulnerable and they couldn't take the system or something um but whatever it was it uh it sparked a lot of interest and i mean because faction warfare is not really my forte but holy shit like <laughs> so the did, amount of a did dust players like coincidentally slash accidentally Dude. fall over the, the the switch that mattered or was there uh, like a no. was there like a concerted effort from dust players to uh support that faction it was a little bit of both really i mean the thing about the faction warfare link with eve online and dust 514 is that dust 514 faction warfare battles are generated by the uh 
they call it plexing, but it's whenever a Eve pilot goes and runs a dungeon for faction warfare and, you know, does that thing. And apparently they had um, done a lot of heavy plexing in this one system and it forced Dust 514 to start generating battles in that system. And whenever the big fight happened between a couple of hundred faction warfare guys and Eve, the dust battle started pouring in because there was a lot of activity going on in the system as well. So they kind of orchestrated it and then it was sort of like random in the in the extent that you figure that, you know, they forced the dust battles to start and then we just sort of took over from there. Was this recently? Yes. This was uh last week or the week before, I think. Oh, cool. So hey and how's the conversation evolved at maybe kind of strengthening the link between both games? Um well the CPM all have their own sort of projects and I kind of like jumped the gun with this one. I sort of just like said, you know what the hell with it. I'm just going to like start asking people and figuring out what we can do. And, um, somehow somewhere along the line, some of the CSM guys got involved and, uh, kind of find out that we actually have a lot of support from at least a couple of them and been talking with them about the pros and cons of how the faction warfare link works on the Eve side. And, um, obviously, because we're both under NDA for specific games, we can't really talk to each other too, too much because there's like this barrier of communication between what we can and cannot talk about, which I'm not sure if I like that it applies to both ways, but you know, well, trivia, trivia knowledge, technically, technically you can share it between the two consoles, but it has to be of relevance to the other game. It, it, it's, it's somewhat like, it's it's kind of sketchy, but yeah, there's generally not a lot of communication between them. I'm actually I'm actually really impressed if you've been having like some some really good solid discussions with CSM about Dust. Um, I know during my term we we had a we had a good communication. We had you know we chatted occasionally, but it was it was all um, it was all only skin deep. So you know we'd say hey, they'd say hey, we'd share some you know relevant peeves about our respective dealings with ccp maybe or you know we'd say you know we'd say well that would be nice this would be nice you know everyone agrees that it would be nice if there was some sort of game link but there but it doesn't go any further than that sounds like something that would be nice so if you've taken it anywhere past there that's really really cool right well i mean it's kind of a, like a need to know basis you know like you said so um i think <laughs> um, we kind of both both sides of it can want to play it safe and just not talk about anything <laughs> it's nda to our respective games just because you know it is sort of a gray area and we'd rather not test fate but um you know like kind of started talking with the fw tacticians and i'm not promising that any of this is going to go anywhere i'm just saying that you know like that there have been some conversations about you know what's good what works good and what doesn't and what we'd like to change and you know it's just um sort of like getting a foundation built for changes if they ever occur. I know that the... uh, What was that? Go for it, Zell. I was just saying that I know the big thing that uh, CPM Zero had talked about and saying that was their biggest regret for the the faction warfare system was that Dust players couldn't choose where battles happened. Um, Well, I mean, it's sort of like a hit or miss sort of thing. Like, really, I mean, mean, if you start thinking about how like the first thing you have to think about okay is that if we do allow dusters to choose where they fight there's pros and cons to that and not just for dust it affects eve online as well and once you start getting into that sort of territory where you're starting to like affect both games it gets really really you know sketchy as to like 
you know, how much weight you can actually have or want to have for that matter. Um, but so like, it, it, I'm not sure if it was their biggest regret. Cause I mean, I, like I've, I've talked to the CPM zero guys about some of this as well and gotten their feedback, but like, I think there's like a general error of like, yeah, we would like to do it, but we don't want to do it wrong. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Following that, I remember um, someone brought up the point. It might have been you, Aon, that if you allow Dusties to pick the battles, a lot of that then boils down to which battles get the best gear and like how the community meta has evolved at that point in time. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, like you, you think. I mean, if we allow Dusters to choose the battle, the first question is how do they choose it and who? You know, I mean, if you have all four of us in a room and we get to choose where we fight, I mean, uh. If you look at the Galente Caldari Warzone alone, there are 58 different systems with which we can attack. So, do we just have like free reign? Can we choose willy nilly and just start generating battles left and right that couldn't possibly be defended because there's just so much of them and just essentially recreate the problem with PC in that, you know, you can attack all their districts and only show up to one battle and right. they don't know which one it is? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there, there's the how issue and then there's the who. So, I think before you even get into, you know, like how much effect they would have, you would have to look at, you know, like how much effect do you want them to have and whether or not like how much what the extent is of that effect is. So, I mean, like we've sort of like been playing with the ideas, like do we allow them to attack only or do we allow them to defend only or do we allow them to do both? I mean, if we do one or the other or both, I mean, uh, where can you attack? Is it? You know, only certain systems within the region. Is it only areas that Eve players are fighting? I mean, it's it's a lot of work, <laughs> and it's all highly conceptual. That's another thing I should mention. Uh, like I said, not promising anything, and like all of this is a just talk. Like, there's absolutely um, nothing like as far as like actual like breadth here. <laughs> this is also kind of pulled in the uh, the POS bonuses conversation too. You know, Chance Ravine kind of pulled that up again too when someone asked him if he could talk to CCP Nullivore about checking it out for Citadel changes. Right, it's actually something I've been kind of worried about because, I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like, this is just from, like, what I've read in dev blogs, I think aren't pauses going the way of the Dodo? So, yeah. I mean... Slowly phasing out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, that's like a whole different thing and that's uh only really relevant to pc which um you know i mean like we, we still need to get pc fixed on dust before we even start talking about how it affects Eve. <laughs> yeah yeah that, right like who really cares about mold and heat the Eve side um actually uh you know you got at least one member of the cp csm who was really concerned about it like that's public information making like um, they, they apparently, as soon as Dust came out, they just moved to Molden Heath. <laughs> so. I feel bad for them. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so is that is that all of all of your uh, CPM stuff? Hang on. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I've been uh, really badgering some of the devs to try to get more lore into the system. I mean, like, the, the Blood Raiders event was kind of cool, but, I mean, you know, like getting a paragraph description of, you know, an event is just, uh, it's not nearly as um, involving as what the EVE guys are getting with the Drifters. and mm -hmm, <laughs> the, Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I've been trying to kind of weasel something out of them, but it's going slow. So I'm trying to think if it was CCP Fozzie that said something like we the, the Dust players have a dedicated lore guy. That was CCP Affinity on Affinity, Three Fleet, okay. actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have we have one of those. That's exactly my reaction. I was like, wait, we, when, who? <laughs> yeah, who? Who is it, though, for real? I have no idea. I God really don't. That guy, like, that, yes. guy, that guy needs to get on the forums. <laughs> I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, it, a lot uh, of the community does, too. It totally threw me for a loop, man. Like, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> just... <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, um, like, one thing that uh, I've been really thinking about, though, is... Uh, as far as like events in general, you know, um, kill events are cool. Win events are um, hit or miss. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're winning, it's awesome. If you're not, it's 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 frustrating. But I mean, somebody mentioned that uh, need to involve more actual, like get actual more involvement out of the players for, apart from just slaying. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I was talking to um, a courtmate of mine said this. Um... It was was going on about you know he he plays mostly Lodgy and he's not really a slayer so trying to get the 514 kills was uh was a little bit of a challenge for him I'm not sure if he uh if he obtained it I just saw him you know going on about it um about how he he would like to see more uh uh more events geared toward Lodgies I guess or you know other players um uh in in different roles that aren't you know aren't that aren't slaying roles um not sure how ccp would go about doing that though no i mean like an easy way would just be assist because then i mean a lot of these are going to shoot something at some point yeah so. <laughs> oh mm. i don't know about assists though that, that last event we had that was that was hard grinding out 125 assists mm. were those were those players um assists on enemies or were those um or kill assists oh wow okay but i still i mean i enjoyed the last event it made sense for a pirate faction for a mm -hmm. halloween event yeah so right it was, yeah, it was nice I, I was just disappointed because uh i didn't have enough time to between work and school to actually get on and get the 21 wins i think i had like 18 before um oh. downtime and dude. i was disappointed damn dude i was even more disappointed that they're not tradable <laughs> oh Oh, the skins aren't See, tradable. Fix that, Dude, yeah. no. man. Not yet, not yet. That stinks. So, yeah, oh, I, the first thing I did was like I knew I didn't, I wasn't gonna have time for it. So the first thing I did is I went to I think um twelve gauge. I was like, hey, look, I need to buy this skin off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you? Would it be possible to do a uh, an event based on um, healing points given? I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, imagine like whatever event you have currently in your daily missions, they could iterate upon that. Yeah, you could. Um, maybe after 1.3, because I know like daily missions 2.0 is supposed to be a thing for 1.3. Oh, really? Ooh, I need um, to look at the roadmap. <laughs> I don't know though. Like, just take that as a grain of salt. Um, a running event. Yeah, the the roadmap has um, currently fitting and trading user. Experience, um, achievements 1.0, oh. simple crafting and daily missions 2.0 is what was what was on there. But with a grain of salt, it doesn't look like 
any of this has been modified since July. Yeah, it was like because he so, said that some of the stuff was supposed to piss people off, and nothing in there sounds like something that's gonna <laughs> piss people off. Well, yeah. <laughs> if anything, people are gonna be happy by you know most everything it's, on there. But so yeah, so like in four months, you know, it, it, some stuff might happen, might not happen. There mm-hmm. might be other things happening. Who knows? Um, uh, it's really a big regret that we couldn't get the uh, event extended because I know a lot of people were having issues with like the black screen error. Oh yeah, I heard about hard. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying when we had glitches during our term, we got events extended. Okay, we got that done. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the the best way that I can explain that is it was literally it, like it's it literally came down to a choice. Is like, hey, do we ex- ex- you know extend the event or do we try to get 1.3 done. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just I'm just playing with you, man. Um, Alright, um, so the other question that I really quickly had for you before we stop harassing you, Anne, is um, I think last week someone had mentioned... Uh, did, you guys have, did you guys by any chance have any meetings with CCP recently? Uh, don't know if I can go into that. Um, okay, because usually I mean, we, we just ask did or didn't not, not content, obviously. It's I mean, not like, something we can talk about. We talk to CCP constantly, so I mean, like we're still we're still talking to them. So I mean, <laughs> if this answers your question, all right. So yeah, we're like we don't really do like formalized meetings, like because we're just always in contact. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm always on my phone, and I have Skype on my phone. So, <laughs> righty. Um. So, uh, moving on. Um, Jadik. Yes, sir. You had things you wanted to talk at people oh. about. All right. Um, well, uh, last week and a little bit before then, I've been uh, throwing around the idea of moving myofibril modules to an equipment slot. Um, that would be, I guess, similar to how the cloak module functions, where you activate it and then you have a certain amount of time to use it. And then once you expend that, it, the module itself has energy that has to recharge to a certain level before you can use it again. And kind of been looking into it a little bit. Um, and it seems like it, it it could be a good fit because a lot of people were raging during the event of people just bringing out Agamus mass drivers and jumping around and shooting shit. And <laughs> it was it was painful for sure. Um, and then this is kind of the idea of moving jumps to uh, a more tactical tool role that um, could also help CCP be able to roll out more variations of jump because I remember working on this with Aeon a while back when you could initially stack up to five myofibril modules and then the stacking penalties were all <laughs> out of whack and you could just go into orbit with these things so i, I missed that video yeah I, I i mean i wouldn't mind being able to return to that kind of jump but making it manageable and in a way that i guess you can control better and it seems like an equipment can do that while taking a weapon out of your hand you know that actually would be um yeah, that that's something that's actually not a bad idea. Um, would would there have to be another skill tree um, uh, to yeah, yeah, to be able to add like um, you I, know like a one percent reduction time to energy build up or recharge or whatever? I think you'd want one because um, you may want to separate this. I don't know if you you t- thought about this, Jedic, but I, I know the original design of the myofibril stimulant was actually listed as as supposed to do. Is increase melee damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this, you'd I mean, pr- that you'd still want that to be a passive module, right? That you just throw in a low slot or something. Oh, I was just thinking both jumps and melee would be 
um, on this equipment timer system. It's basically like like what I do in my videos, kind of like a little bit of the, the basis for this idea too, where I run around with um, nano hives out punching people. So, I mean, I can still punch people while not having a weapon out, but I'm pretty damn powerful regardless. So if you could like somehow make my, my effective uh, combat window like 20 seconds or so, it seems like that would level things out um, power-wise in CQC. How would you activate it though? Would you activate it like a uh, like a module on a um, on like a tank or something like a like a hardener? Well, like like with the cloak, you pull it out and then you press your R one button and it yeah. activates your cloak. So it's um, it's an it's an active module. Well, oh, okay. Module, I, yeah, active just, equipment. Okay, okay. You just use the uh, the same animation, I guess, that you use for turning your cloak field on to turn on your jump boost melee boost or whatever right yeah yeah but oh, you have okay. a, like a limited time to be able to use it huh. there's also a really good um point uh i think uh Adipim made it where um it seems like the biotic modules in the high slots do a lot to help balance slayer rolls where you don't have uh, you don't have the ability to jump and both have like extra shield tank or damage tank so a good balance factor for this would be you can put this uh Myofibril equipment in your equipment slot, but it would require a lot of power grid. And we have now uh, power grid uh, enhancement modules that go in your high slot. So for uh, say like commandos or slayers, you would have to, if you put this equipment on, you'd have to put power grid modules in those high slots to be able to use it. But for uh, classes like the scout or the Lodgy, they would get, I guess, certain fitting bonuses to be able to use that more effectively with while well, being able to retain some of their high slots without having to plug all of the power grid enhancement modules within those. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it does sound like you, you would need a skill tree for, to help with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, adding in that that power grid um, module because that's a that's something I feel is underused are those PG CPU um, boost mods. I I guess they are because they boost the amount of PG and CPU you have. Correct. Right, but they've been balanced recently where they um, require now, like if you fit a PG module, it takes up CPU as well. Oh. Before it, it used to be like your CPU module would boost your CPU, but takes zero PG to fit. So now they kind of require a little bit of both to fit. Oh, okay. Interesting. But another thing too is if this was, like we did go through with this, um, something would have to be done with heavies because myofibs as they do now are helpful to heavies to be able to like clear clear that like six inch lip of the curb or clear a rail just to be you're <laughs> you're an immortal mercenary twenty thousand years in the future and you can't clear a little curb there <laughs> you need special biotic modules to do that that always made me that makes me giggle as a lodgy standing behind a heavy who can't get up the curb and <laughs> just sitting there go dude get up the curb but you can't Which, do it man like if you read the lore for dust 514 and all the technology that we use like you really just you're like what the fuck happened <laughs> i mean <laughs> like i was reading this bit earlier of um during the Kaldari Prime event, there was a, apparently a clone soldier called Highlander 2-9 who took an, an advanced HMG, quite literally named, you know, the, the MH-82. Yeah. And straight up killed a fucking Saga in in three bursts. 
<laughs> like reverse, and then proceeded to take down like two or three dropships. And I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> there can only be one Highlander. <laughs> like seriously, it was, it was using armor-piercing rounds that penetrated the hull of the dropship and killed everybody oh, inside fuck. it. And I'm just like, how the hell did we not get this? <laughs> well, that's that's our problem. We never got weapon mods. That's all we no, need. Yeah, we, yeah. We'd be, that would fix our vehicle problems. Is all of our our weapons need to be able to get these armor-piercing oh, bullets, and then. I can just I can take stuff down with with my uh, like bolt pistol. I can take down dropships. No. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, you, just, no. you just need your you just need your armor piercing rounds that you can hook onto your bolt pistol, and then you're good. That is what's going to piss people off in 1.3 armor piercing bolt pistols. I mean, Zell, if we got like super God. jump equipment, I could just jump onto a dropship and take it down. Sure, but even <laughs> if you jump on a dropship, what do you do with it? I mean, you you need to like be able to like rip its guts out or something. Well, okay. I mean, Rattati is still open knives. <laughs> Armor piercing fists. Yes, yeah. those brothers are so awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be so awesome. Um, yeah, like the lore actually talks about a lot of shit that we don't have. Like, uh, apparently, um, Concord had something to do with Caldari Prime. They actually sent two agents from Ecade to like jack into these 1000 millimeter dual like real guns and shoot down the titan i was just like wait a minute wait there's an inside job <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> it was like nothing nothing says like hey you remember that big ass event that took like six seven months of planning and then everybody played for like a day and then everybody thought they were really part of yeah no that was gonna happen anyway <laughs> 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 like it really just ripped my guts out it was just like wow uh, that's that uh, jesus <laughs> Oh my! Speaking of events, I've been playing around with uh, recording um, with the the HUD removal glitch, trying to get more cinematic um, montages and corp event stuff recorded, and uh, that's been going well. I've uh, got some feedback in the forums on how to actually put my PS Move to use and getting my hand out of the screen. It has they, a purpose. <laughs> they didn't rem uh, fix that. No, no. How do you do it then? Well, the way I found that works pretty much every time is I go to the Neocom, pull up my drop suits, and I go to restock fit. And then I, as I'm purchasing a fit by pressing X, I immediately hit start twice. I can just rapid succession. And for some reason, that spot on every time, it just gets rid of most of your HUD, except the kill feed and like you've been scanned messages up top. I just want to interject just for a second. It isn't that they haven't fixed it. It's that they aren't going to fix it because they like that you guys are making movies <laughs> with shit. Good <laughs> creation. It's like the air air drop up links when you put a drop up link on top of a drop ship. Yeah, that was ruled by CCP as being like 100%. Yeah, we're just going to leave that. <laughs> Sky spawning. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that they're keeping it in. It'd be kind of nifty to make a game mode out of it. It would certainly put a lot Ooh, of emphasis yeah. on wearing a skin because, as it is right now, you can't tell friend from foe. Because I mean, there's no like heads up notifications, so if you have to rely on visual alone, like oh, versus blue kind of thing, yeah, like, yeah, that would be it would be nifty. Could also drive skin sales. Yeah, yeah, that that would drive skin sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. They'd make a uh, maybe a, um. Like a free for all match out of that. Yeah. Take away the HUD. Shoot with. Kind of reminds me like Daisy a little bit, where you can change your shirts and you, your whole team has to coordinate. So okay, everybody wear the green skin. 
some enemy like finds out about that and then they change over to green skin and you don't shoot them but suddenly oh fuck we've been had <laughs> he knows us he's not one of us and you get that enemy. one blue that one blueberry that doesn't have that skin yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked <laughs> a moment of silence for the fallen fuck yeah <laughs> Oh, all right. Moving on then from that awkward pause, um, Jaded, did you have more that you want to talk about, or are we going to have to move to Zell and his uh, whatever he wanted to talk about? Nothing more for dust at the moment. Any any non dust uh, stuff? Well, um, it's a game called uh, Infinity Battlescape popped up on my radar just a little bit ago, and I'm really impressed with what I've seen so far. It, it, it's uh, on a Kickstarter right now. They're trying to raise three hundred thousand dollars for um, their initial goals for getting it out to people. It's kind of like a it's like a match based, um, not, not quite persistent yet, but they want to make it like a stretch goal for persistence. But the really like novel thing about it is they've uh, the studio behind it, I Novi Studios, has been kind of in they've been in development hell for quite a long time. But they've recently shown this prototype of a space sim that allows you to fly through space, go by all these installations, and then you can land on planets, but there's no loading screens or any kind of animation between that. It's just seamless. But, um, you are flying onto these procedurally generated worlds that look really well done, um, even for just the prototype version that's out now. But how it works is uh, your teams are spawning in matches, and each team gets like a, a certain amount of uh, star bases, planetary bases, and resources that are split amongst your team members and every couple minutes or so a fighter or a freighter comes up from the planet or the, the space station go down to the planet carrying credits and the, your enemy team is they're tasked with destroying your freighter and looting that freighter and getting their credits that would be going to your stations and oh wait is this just, angels fall first no no this is different i actually i saw that one too that looks amazing yeah so there's a lot of a lot of really neat space sims coming out now. Eve has, I think Eve has a lot to be worried about right now. There's, yeah, there is a yeah. lot of of stuff coming in. You know, yeah. from from the big the big multi million dollar projects to to the small indie stuff. There's there's just so much entering this market that was, it's 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 been really devoid for a long time. I have really fond memories of all the old uh, uh, Star Trek branded games that that they used to produce back in. Oh gosh, was that the early two thousands and late nineties? Um, Ooh yeah. There was there was some there were some good games back then, and uh, it, but it's been a long time since there's been much that takes place in space. It's kind of like science fiction, how we just started getting like our first two shows in years that take place on spaceships. Yeah. Um, so sci-fi's been you know it's been a tough several years, and I, I think we're finally getting getting back to having our, our space fiction. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the big thing with the in, I looked at the Infinity Battlescape um, Kickstarter uh, just before the show, and the the thing that catches me every time I see it is of course the the statement that uh, things will be procedurally generated, um, and there's there's a lot of games promising that. I know uh, the big one, of course, of note that that was shown off at E3, and I think I think that should be coming out soon is No Man's Sky. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, dude. But that was just on um, the the nightly show with Colbert there. They did a, a thing with that, uh, him showing it off, making but, Colbert Prime. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, like what we haven't seen yet, uh, we haven't seen released uh, a good procedurally generated uh, game 
And I, I'm really interested to see that because, I mean, Dust was supposed to be, you know, procedurally generated at, at one point, I think. Um, and procedural generation has its ups and downs. It, it's not necessary. It, it sounds great. It, it makes a great marketing bullet. You know, infinite numbers of, of map options. And then you get like what Dust did, which is like, well, we've got like, you know, eight maps, but they're, they've got like a thousand different color terrains and skybox combinations <laughs> that we can do. You know, it's just, it's really tough to get compelling gameplay on something that come out, comes out of a random number generator. So it's it's really, it's a really interesting challenge, and I'm sure that there's going to be a point, and it, we might be coming up on it in this next year, where people start getting procedurally generated gameplay right, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Does everybody remember in Dust, like during the closed beta, when the ground would come up and grab your feet? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that would go awful with procedural generation. <laughs> it's like you're trying to go inside this building and the sand is just like, no, 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 no. no. Yep, you're sinking into the ground now. <laughs> Tanks still happens. disappearing underneath the map and exploding off camera. Oh, oh yeah. That was like a, like a specific spot in one of the maps where you opened up your, your menu. And, and the hilarious back and... part, it, like, do you remember when uh, that fucking hole in the ground that you could visibly see that just went <laughs> to the abyss? Yep, yep. There's videos of that still out there. All right, uh, Zell, did you have anything you wanted to talk yeah, about? Yeah, so, so the big news item that uh, came out this week, um, I was kind of holding because I was hoping uh, we were going to have another guest on. Um, but uh, the, the big thing is that all of a sudden, and I, don't, I don't know if anybody, anybody had anything about this on their radar, but all of a sudden it was announced that CCP actually sold uh, a subsidiary that they own called White Wolf Publishing uh, to another company called Paradox Interactive. And uh, it, it, it's kind of out of left field, and it, it makes a lot of sense for them to get rid of it, but it just, um, I, you know, I almost wonder why they didn't do it sooner. Um, for those who don't know, uh, I think it was in uh, 2006. Um, 2006? I think that's right. Um, CCP bought White Wolf Publishing, which runs, uh, is kind of a, they, they do uh, more uh, book, like tabletop RPG type stuff mostly. Um, for like World of Darkness, werewolves, vampires, that sort of thing, and CCP bought it, and immediately, you know, they bought the whole intellectual property. I think that's where their studio in Atlanta came from to begin with. Um, and they said we're going to make an MMO for World of Darkness, and they do, they worked on it for nine years, and then they canceled it. So you know, like a studio of people and nine years worth of work so far gone, completely to waste. Um, and then. You know, now they've sold it to this company that seems like they, they mostly do, um, like, all those games that you see on Steam regularly that must be clearly at least somewhat popular to appear highly on Steam lists, but isn't, like, made by a major publisher. You don't, like, one of them is, like, City Skylines. It's, you've heard good things. I haven't actually personally tried it, but, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's a SimCity type of thing. And they, they have, I, I want to say, quite a handful of games, actually, that they own so far. And I, my question is, you know, as they didn't say much about what they intended to do with it, CCP really had just been sitting on the property. Um, they've sold, I, they outsourced the licensing to actually publish additional tabletop books, I think. I think that you can still, um, there are people writing them, but it's, CCP isn't really doing it in-house. They're just, they're, uh, you know, kind of signing off on other, uh, another company doing it. Um, but the interesting question is that these, this, this game company that purchased it isn't a, uh, isn't a tabletop RPG company, of which there are several that they could have sold to for that. 
but an actual video game company. And it makes me wonder if that if they may be planning on taking a look at all the assets that CCP developed for World the World of Darkness MMO and trying to to either finish and polish and release that or maybe make an entirely new game using some of those materials. Yeah, yeah. Look at it. go ahead. Well now saying like like access to all of their like developed assets so far, wouldn't that also include the um, the carbon engine? At, at, at some some level, yeah. I mean, from my understanding, um, World of Darkness's carbon engine and uh, Eve's kind of diverged at one point pretty heavily, so I'm not sure how compatible those are. But uh, I mean, at the very least, I, 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 like I don't know if you'd want to use carbon. I, I just it's not a it's not a very good engine, and obviously CCP failed to ever put it to any good use themselves. Um, as far as the graphics and the the ambulation standpoint, the walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's things like Crest and quite a few different components of Eve that are actually uh, part of that whole carbon engine suite that are effective. But, uh, you know, their graphics engine really never took off Um, and is probably pretty outdated now because they no longer really focus on it. I would think that you'd probably want to move to something like Unreal. Um, But, you know, if they nine years worth of work, that's a ton of art assets and maps and and designs. And I'm, I'm wondering if they... That might be what they're really, really after there. Yeah, looking at, I hadn't heard of Paradox um, Interactive until you know the news broke. So I looked at you know um, what they had a hand in, and it looks like they um, um, they published um, the Magicka series of games, Mountain Blade. Uh, published City Skylines. Um, I mean, there's a ton of games on there that I'd heard of. I hadn't mm-hmm, tried, yeah. but I'd heard of. I had never yeah. heard of the company before, though, prior yeah. to this. Yeah. Yeah. Pillars of Eternity is um, uh, is something that, that they had a hand in. Um, that game came out recently, too. Heard good things about that one. But yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, what Paradox does with uh, with these uh, with what they've acquired from uh, from CCP, so that'll definitely be something to to be watching. And I'm curious because I know that the Atlantis or Atlanta Studio had a lot to do with World of Darkness, and I don't know how many people still are there involved in that. But I don't know if there's anything that's going to be changing as far as uh, you know what they have there or who who's there. Mm, I think they're hiring for CCP Atlanta. Because that's the VR studios. Yeah, they're it? they're doing a lot of the VR, VR experimentation over there now. Oh, I thought that was Newcastle. Um, Newcastle is uh, Valkyrie, but um, oh. uh, if you saw the um, at, at FanFest, they had a lot of VR demos, just kind of little interactive games and stuff, and those were all developed uh, out of okay. Atlanta. Atlanta's kind of doing oh. the VR skunk works type of thing, whereas uh, Newcastle's very focused on Valkyrie and getting that you know polished and out the door. I got you. Okay. Um, my favorite game ever is a now is a uh, Atlanta uh, demo, and I really want to rematch Cross because I want to beat his pants. Um, is the disc battle game <laughs> for the for the Oculus Rift? Um, disc battle, like Tron disc battle. Yeah, it, it was a um, two player game with the VR headsets where you can actually throw and deflect these discs back and forth at each other. And Cross and I tied. Right. And so. Right. I, I'm I'm hurt because I have no way to get that rematch because it's a prototype game. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like the big question people are wondering now is um, what CCP is going to do with the cash 
that they've uh, gotten from that deal with Paradox Interactive. Because apparently it was for tens of millions of dollars, in, or not dollars, uh, Swedish krona, which translates to like maybe like three to five million dollars cash. Well, there's, I mean, there's That's an interesting, it? there's an interesting question there because I don't think that they made much money when you think about it. Because they obviously they bought White Wolf Publishing in the first place. They spent nine years developing this game for it that was an untold, mon- you know, sized money pit um, for almost a decade. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much. I, it seems like they're more trying to make get a couple of bucks off their debt than than really make money on that. Uh, I mean, I, I again, if it was three million dollars or something, that's not a lot to work with um, from from the scale that they have to work with. Money pit needs more. And I mean, the the thing is, is it's not, uh, it's not like uh, this, you know, paradoxes of the scale that they're going to, they're going to make out like bandits selling this to them. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, they probably were like, look, we have this stuff lying around. We're never going to use it. And this other company wants to buy it from us. Why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you have people tinfoiling that are going to use the money for a dust port. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, they're not. I, I would be surprised if they did. But we'll see. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think that's a... Like, I don't think there's a decision that, like, we have to sell this property to pay for this property, that sort of thing. I mean, they have money to work with. It's, it's you know, it all gets confused down into, you know, uh, budget sheets and whatnot but yeah i doubt it's anything so specific that one could nail down this is what we're they're using this money for be really helpful i'd imagine though <laughs> well you know um they used to have to actually um account for this stuff publicly where they'd have to list out where they made money and lost money and they don't have to do that anymore right hmm. which is uh, uh you know i think it might be a good thing honestly <laughs> Because people were reading a lot into that. It was just getting a little ridiculous. But I mean, it also kind of ties into another piece of quote-unquote dust news that they are looking for a new brand manager for Shanghai. Ah, so oh, yes. Have, yes, which they like are. A big bit of the, um, the job description was to um, help grow the Dust 514 product. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they read that forgot that CCB Shanghai has Gunjack and Eve Online Serenity. And sure, mm-hmm. but I mean it also it specifically does said very clearly. Didn't it? it says dust yeah. a lot. It yeah, has, it does. Yeah, I mean it has a one of the largest bullet points in position purposes is quote unquote digital business management and monetization for the Dust 514 brand, manage the sales channel, merchandising, help determine the strategic direction of the product and manage the revenue globally for Dust 514 in conjunction with development, sales, finance, project management, business development. And it also so says... That you know all this. And it's... it's I'm, I have the screen open. I'm, I'm reading it. Yeah, I totally memorize CCP job postings. That's, that's what I do all day. That's how much you mean, love Dust. Like, the... If you look at their job duties under business management, the first both bullets under business management have uh, are dust specific, and then the next one under e-commerce is also dust specific. So the thing is, is while there is, it, it does mention that the overall description it says Eve and Dust, um, you know, brand manager in Shanghai. It's very heavily there's you know 
four bullet items in here that specifically say this is a you know this is a job about dust five one four. Um, but uh, I I believe I believe we did hear that this is just that this is kind of a replacement for someone already there, not not like an expansion of of the service or anything like that. But I I don't know. There's obviously HR is not really a, uh, t- a hey. department we get a ton of communication about. Hey, either way. Might be cheaper skins, finally. I <laughs> That's <hope> right. So. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, $5, $10 skin. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Hopefully the next person that comes in can uh, <laughs> can fix that. But so, you know, hey, either they, they, they see this future for, for, you know, this strong future for dust, or they're hiring someone into a dead-end job. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of salary are you looking for? How long do you expect to be working here? How much experience do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Did you at any point in your life ever work for EA? <laughs> Tell us one of your weaknesses and how you can turn it into a strength. Hey, well, like, you know, there's already CCP. Like Why wouldn't they hire someone like EA? It'd be like, oh, dude, it's JC's buddy. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> eh, JC's cool. He is cool. He's a cool I, dude. I gave him a lot of shit in the past, and I kind of regret it. He's he's tough though. He can take it. He, he can handle. He can handle the the, the crud. Hey, I'll tell you. Uh, had something, and then it just left, just disappeared the way it went. <laughs> oh man. Well, I would like to take this time to to briefly um, bring up the. Uh, the Twitter campaign that has been going on for what two or three weeks now, I guess, maybe longer than that. <laughs> um, hashtag Port Dust Five One Four is uh, still going strong on Twitter. Um, still a lot of content being pushed out. Um, and you, you don't need to be an expert in Photoshop to participate. No, it helps, you but you don't have to. <laughs> Catmark is a prime example of that. You but can his, actually, his, his you can actually participate are, with Paint. Yes, you you could. Uh. <laughs> Catmark scares the hell out of me with some of those. Though. Some of those images are like, the greatest thing. Ever. The plasma cannon placement, man. Oh it's no! Really, really challenging. Yes. I'm just sitting there like, oh god. Like, that's, just, that's a that's a big plasma cannon. That was cannon. good. I'm like just <laughs> wearing the PR stunt that he's trying to pull. I, like I, I told him, I think I told him the other day. I was like, dude, I think you're trying to get banned. Just that you actually <laughs> yeah. say that they banned you for trying to support a port. He's got the like. I mean, you. What's great is you go look at those images, and then you go look at who favorited them, and, and <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Ritzati's almost everyone. He loves them. And then Hilmar's there too. I actually got JC to come out of hiding and favorite something that I posted. Ah, nice. That was when I photoshopped his head onto a Minmatar Logistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, I got a graphic design experience, so it kind of looked a little, no offense to Catmark or nothing, but. There's also been a petition on the e-forums to have, like, the dust, or, like, the, yeah, the devs say something at the next fan fest. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice to see um, um, all the EVE players, you know, coming together and, and, and knowing that there were some that still cared about uh, about us, Um and about the 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 game, so we'll see what happens with that. Oh God, I'm mixed on that man. 
I don't expect anything out of it, but it's it's nice to know that <laughs> they were not the only ones who who like our game and would can, like to continue to play it or you know try well not, not I mean, try but to get a chance to to play it. I don't okay. know. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just I just suspect to be some like Gunjack fucking big announcement. It's like a hey, new expansion for Gunjack. <laughs> I mean, if they if they have news, I mean, don't save it for FanFest. Oh, please don't. No. <laughs> like, like, I think even EVE Online devs have learned that. I mean, they, they announced a lot of the stuff in Vegas, for all, of all things. Well, they, I mean, they've done that before with Vegas, because it is kind of, you know, it's six months around. It's kind of the half-year point. It's a big enough event that they can be like, well, you know, but... I, I in a, in a lot of cases they said a lot of what they've said what they said at Vegas they had said already um you know sure they gave the expansion a name but the expansion you know they'd already said this is what the expansion is going to be um you know before and they'd done dev blogs before and and they just kind of you know they maybe held a few things back but I mean the thing is is that it makes sense sometimes for Eve because Vegas and FanFest are Eve events and a lot of Eve players go to them but it doesn't really make sense for Dust, where, you know, I'm the one guy who went, woo when someone asked about Dust. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just... It, CCP knows that player, you know, the players are, are out here, and that we've waited long enough to hear something, and, and hopefully if they have something to say, they're just going to come out and say it. And if they do wait till FanFest, just have the satisfaction knowing, of knowing that Zell will be the only one to yell woo when they announce anything for Dust. I, I don't know if I'm going back again this year. I want Oh come I would, on. I would like to go back again. It was a lot of fun. Um I, I haven't really decided. Um I have a new job this year, so um mm. fi- I'm still I'm banking up vacation time again and mm-hmm. um I it's a it's I've I set myself up like I used to have this really, really cushy job where I could like sit at my desk and since i'd already fixed everything in the preceding four years i could just kind of sit online and surf the web and wait for things to break nice um that is no longer the case i now work for i now work in government (laughs) and um i have i have a lot of work to do um i don't work i I work for well technically i don't work in government i'm not a government employee i work for government but i'm a a contractor um gotcha it's yeah, um, but uh, I have a lot of work to do. It's very busy, and I it's it would be very tough for me to figure out good ways to get time away um, that won't uh, wreck everything. Um, but so, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I'm learning a lot. I went um, broke trying to get my ticket to FanFest. <laughs> I yeah I, I I it's it's expensive. Yeah. It's it's actually surprisingly reasonable though for an international trip. I mean. Dude, look, I'm just going to say this. How Those people that were like, oh, free trip to Iceland, free trip to Shanghai, fuck you people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking $1,800, Jesus yeah, Christ. How is it? You gotta, cheaper than I thought. Yeah, no, it's um like, for like, uh, I think I got one for 1600 It depends on what hotel you go with huh. there. But they, uh, through uh, Iceland Air, they have package deals that include the round trip flight and the uh, hotel stay. And that's all, uh-huh. all bundled together. So that's yeah, that's when he that's like sixteen or eighteen hundred dollars. That's for the hotel and the flights, and then you wow. add like another forty bucks maybe for for the uh, commute to the airport and back, which you kind of have to do because um, the airport is not not right in Reykjavik. Um, 
But, it, I mean, for as far as international trips go, the pricing is not bad to Iceland at all. Um, you know, and then the, the only thing CPM get, get really is um, they get a free ticket in the door at FanFest. I mean, we get, they get all the perks, but uh, that's, you know, the, they still have to sh- shell out for the flight if they want to go. <laughs> Shit, that, that whole, like, $200. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get, you get nothing. Basically, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. The the real secret, though, if you if you're um uh if you're a CPM, is that you can go in the press area and they have free soda, and that's totally worth it. So it's like four dollars a bottle. There. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> well, and it's like a really small bottle too. It's a because it's you know it's Europe. It's not American sized oh, portions. Yeah. It's a tiny little bottle. Well, it's like four dollars, but it's made with real sugar and it tastes really good. It's not just that, though. I mean, the reason it's four dollars because like Iceland doesn't have income tax, so like everything they the the government makes is like through sales tax. So that's fair. Yeah, there's there's times I kind of wish we would do that here in America because I I really hate just seeing like a fucking third of my paycheck just just disappear. So do we know what CPM are going to FanFest this year for sure or next year? Um, I'm going. For for one hundred percent certain, I know Denny's going. He started his cosplay. Denny will uh, always apparently. be going, dude. Dude, Denny will be going <sighs> like five years after CCP is gone. He will go rent well, out. He will rent out the Harpa and hang out himself. <laughs> I mean, well, but you can swim there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. His 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 travels a lot cheaper and a lot shorter than ours is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, uh, I'm. I'm Looking forward to hanging out with some dusters for once. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the I'm an dusters. Player, you'll so you'll hang out with me. I'll go and we'll we'll hang out. <laughs> yeah, we'll us hang and out Denny, and the, the, that'll be that'll be the dust crowd. No, I'm gonna be. I'm probably gonna be cosplaying myself. So, oh gosh, I don't know if I can be associated with you and Denny. Then that's that's oh, terrifying. Hey, look, no, see, Come on, oh. see, I'm actually gonna, gonna try to like put, put put a lot of money into this so it doesn't look just you know thrown together or you're shoddy like i actually kind of want to make this look good what are but you doing shots fired at who danny oh come on i didn't come on man i didn't see that <laughs> there, there's, I, I have to i have to take the minor chance to create some podcast drama <laughs> jeez poor denny i love that guy dude yeah, Denny's all awesome. he's fun. You you, uh, you can't help but love Denny. It, it's it's I. There are people who can't love him, but it's hard not to for me. He's 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 just he's great. He well, is. see, I wanted to go as like something Galente because I you know I'm primarily Galente. I have Amen, Galente brother. tattoos, but I have. Very... Oh, with with Denny's Caldari, so you guys gotta like oh. you know throw down <laughs> in the in the center of the floor here. Well, actually, let me get into that. See, um. I have a very like Viking slash biker look to me, so the Galente thing doesn't really work. So I just decided, fuck it, I'm just gonna dread my hair up. And I'm gonna go as Minmatar. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, and then I hope to find Max Singularity in his like Amar Pope costume. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right, because he'll be there for the um for the thingy. He'll run over you with the rover, <laughs> <laughs> or have that little crab thing eat you. <laughs> Whatever that is. Oh, the Fetto? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I've been reading too much lore. <laughs> they had a, a a piece come out recently where it was like some people 
remove this panel on a space station and it's like a bunch of feto in there like massively <laughs> overgrown dude. Like, what's that smell yeah dude the fucking like the man-eating feto oh my god <laughs> dude i busted out laughing at work i couldn't help myself man just the thought of these like squishy little pokemon looking things crawling all <laughs> over and eating these people uh, like it's a horrible way to die but jeez <laughs> No, like, I, I'm, I really wish people would kind of, like, delve into the lore a little bit more, because, like, you know, it's, it's it's so intriguing, you know, it's so well-written, it's just, it's awesome, I love it. But so few people pay attention to it. I, I, I know. But the uh, the thing that killed me, Anne, was uh, with the, the Valkyrie keynote, when when uh, the <laughs> CCP guy was, like, super excited to announce that the, the villain was Fable, yes. and, like, no one in the room cared. <laughs> That that uh, whole keynote was was just laughable for me watching that. I don't know who it was up there. Um, I came into the the I think toward the end of that keynote, um, right before they announced uh, Fatal, um, and it, he was just so awkward up there. Poor guy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I, I kind of understand it. You know, a lot of people don't look into the lore. So when you go up there and you get all excited and bubbly, and you're just like, and it's Fatal, and everybody's just looking at you like. I mean, that would have, like, I would have had a plan B where as soon as I said, you know, where I went to go say Fatal and I knew that nobody was interested, I would have just replaced it with John Cena. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got to have a fallback plan, man. That you do. (laughs) I mean, and who wouldn't want to fight John Cena in Starship, you know, combat? Come on. That's great. Yeah, so uh, Jar Jar Binks, right? No, no. I I just read this. Um, what was it? There was this theory on how um, Jar Jar Binks was actually like the mastermind behind the entire like Sith happenings in the entire <laughs> franchise. <laughs> so fucking plausible. I read that theory, and it is so fucking plausible. I Link? mean, just yeah. Just a well, we we will awesome. link it to you. But basically, it amounts to the fact that, like, there's no way he couldn't be as as incompetent and stupid as he appears, and so that it's all it's all, you know, a, a ruse while he's actually like setting up like in everything for for Palpatine, and that they're they're like partners, and that very possibly Jar Jar is actually like the the main villain. Like, I think the one the the part that sealed it for me was the fact that like. Jar Jar was with Palpatine after Palpatine initiated the order to kill all the Jedi. I mean, come on, dude. That's some shady shit, yo. Wait, so is he just like a mastermind, or, or like, is it, or are they saying like he's a fucking Sith or whatever? Yeah, They're saying like, he's a Sith like, Lord. Their, their theory was that <laughs> Sith Lord Jar Jar was originally going to be like the, the, main, the, the main villain, like, for the third movie. Dude. <laughs> I want to see Jar Jar being like, shoot lightning out of his fingertips. Misa got a binge, Annie. <laughs> and his his theory went on to even say that he, he fully expects Jar Jar to be redeemed in everyone's eyes in the seventh movie where they will explain all of this. I'm telling you, man, the seventh movie, you're gonna see that Sith with, like, the cross-bladed lightsaber just take that mask off and it's just gonna be Jar Jar and everyone's so, gonna fucking die. So, someone did, it. You, someone did a trailer with that, too. They they took, uh, the the Force Awakens trailer and they they uh, uh, cut in Jar Jar into like almost every shot. <laughs> oh jeez, 
like there's a part of me that really wants to see that. Like I really want to see this. Like I will this, find this, it for you. I mean, like I don't know. There's like I'm, I'm so mixed on this because on one part of me, I'm just like, oh god, that's gonna be horrible. On the other part, it's like, wow, you know, that's actually plausible. I would like, really love to see that. But then there's like this deep dark part of me, this vindictive side. It's just like I cannot wait to see all the nerds' faces when they see Jar Jar Binks underneath that mask. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. All right, so um, we are we are definitely heading off the rails. So yes, very off the rails. I think that we should probably start shoutouts. All right, and for shoutouts, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and start at the top of the list. So, uh, Aeon, you want to kick us off? Uh, shout out to the Dust Five One Four community that isn't entirely pessimistic yet. Oh, <laughs> shout out to the CSM and FW guys for helping out. Zell? I'm going to give my shout out to uh, the girl who hit my car on Tuesday. Um, because I, I, I realized that I can now say that a girl has given me her phone number this year. I mean, technically we were trading insurance information, but I, I, technically the, that box has been checked. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whatever works, Zell. Wow. All right, Jada. Um, all right. I've been monitoring a lot of chat channels lately, and I want to give my shout out to a specific trader. And his name is John C. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that was lovely. Thank yep. you, Jada. Glad to set that one up. Oh, I. I, I I love seeing those on on YouTube just pop out of nowhere. Makes me it, that is the one meme that fails to never, or I'm sorry that that always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, can, so I just say, can I just say one more thing about the Star Wars thing? I, I promise I'll leave it after that. No, go ahead. Yeah, think about this for a second, okay? The last movie, you know, Return of the, Return of the Jedi, right? When the Ewoks had them all tied up and shit, they put them over a fire and they seasoned them. Now. I don't know about you guys, but that tells me that those murderous, furry little bastards know how to cook a human. <laughs> They've eaten people before, man. They look like they have. Is there like a, an Ewok cookbook? Right? Mm-hmm. And then, you gotta remember, right? After the battle, they had stormtrooper helmets, like, on pikes and shit. I'm just <laughs> oh, saying. Shit, you think maybe they... Uh... <laughs> oh. the they went somewhere, yo. Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Never gonna watch that movie. Uh, the same way again. All right. Well, with that, I I do believe we're gonna uh, call this episode to a close. Hey, hey what's your your what? shout out? Oh yeah, that's right. My shout out um is going to have to go to as as it does every week. Uh, my corporation, Incorruptibles. Um, love playing with you guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back uh, in squad soon. We'll see. Um, what else do I want to shout out to? I had something else. Oh, shout out to Pokey and Jay. Yeah, we uh, might have we might skipping. have actual hosts back this week. Yeah, Next proper week. hosts that don't murder their introductions. Um, that that would be nice. Um, a shout out to the Eve community um, for all their support in the uh, in the hashtag Dust Five One Four or Port Dust Five One Four campaign. Um, really encouraging, like I said before. Um, so yeah, I think that will be uh, that will be it. Um, so with that, this this has been uh, Biomast episode seventy. Eight. Eight. And um, I will be signing off.